So some episodes ago, I did an episode which was begging the question of what if your mind is actually a shared thing? Because we think of our mind, it's our mind. But a lot of the evidence shows that what we think and what we believe is actually hugely influenced by the people around us. And in actual fact, it's a lot easier to change our opinions, our beliefs, our actions, if we're around people who have those new beliefs, new actions. So, I don't know, It's if I wanted to become more athletic, for instance, it might be a good idea for me to not just join a running club, but create real friendships within that running club so that the people around me, my tribe, my new tribe, if you like, were runners. The likelihood is that I would then really take on that identity of a runner too, that I would I would become that person as well. Because social creatures that we are, we need a tribe. And often what happens is, if we stop a particular activity, we lose the people around us. And I think the example I gave in that particular episode where I was talking about this was, if you're a smoker, you want to stop being a smoker, well, you're no longer kind of uh, going for those smoke breaks during working time where you're able to have a chat with all of those people. You're not just giving up smoking, you're giving up that tribe. And so if you've not got another tribe to go to, that can make things especially difficult for social creatures like humans in order to change. And that can be belief systems, that can be behaviours or whatever. And so you can see with the running club example, if I really wanted to become someone who runs regularly, if I join a running club rather than just do it on my own, and especially if I become real good friends with people in that running club, then the people around me, my new tribe would be runners. And so that would be a much more comfortable change for me to make and a much more sustainable change for me to make. Because after all, if my friends are going running, I'm likely to go along running with them. So that idea that we're the average of the people closest to us, well, that's been backed up in various studies. And I was thinking of this idea again just the other day because I was listening to a podcast myself and it was the Adam Buxton podcast, which I like a lot. Um, I like him, basically. I think he's a nice person to spend some podcast time with. And he was interviewing a an academic called Diana Fleischer. And one of the questions he asked her during the chat is, so you're an academic. Is there anything that you've changed your mind on? And she said, actually, there's quite a lot that I've changed my mind on because. And then she gave the reason. Now she's an academic. So you might think she'll have read um, a particularly compelling research paper or. Maybe she's um, been involved in a discussion with somebody whose points were really interesting, you know, or maybe she's gone online and read something or you would think that with her being an academic, that might be what follows the I've changed my mind recently because, you know, something where her, where solely her intellect was 
being challenged and that she'd adapted to those challenges. In fact, what she said is, I've changed my mind on an awful lot recently because I've started hanging out with people who believe in effective altruism. Now, I won't go into what effective altruism is because it's a little bit beside the point. But what she was basically saying there is, I changed my mind on a lot lately as an academic because of the beliefs of the people that I started hanging out with. She started hanging out with people who had beliefs that were contrary to what she currently believed. And lo and behold, as she changed her tribe, her mind changed with it. And I thought this was a really good example of that point about, is it our mind or is it a collective shared mind? Because here is an academic, here is someone who has a lot of, you know, intellectual rigour in terms of how she comes up with her viewpoints and opinions. And no doubt, of course, her intellect was engaged by these people that she was hanging out with. But ultimately, what changed her mind wasn't some paper that she read in the library while she was sat there on her own with her spectacles on, studying hard. And looking at the sheer force of an argument and thinking, oh my God, that's absolutely right. It wasn't some sort of solo library epiphany. What she actually put it down to is that she started hanging out with different people who believed in different things. And their mind became her mind. And so I think it's a great example and it's a great reminder that we can actually engineer this for ourselves. So if you know that there's a belief system or a set of actions or a way of being that you think would really benefit you, one thing that's going to make that change an awful lot easier and more likely and more sustainable is to hang out with those kind of people, find out where they are and befriend them. So to go back to my previous example, if you want to be a runner, join a running club and make real good friendships with some of the people that you see regularly at that running club. And lo and behold, you're very, very likely to not just become a runner, but for that identity as a runner to be sustained so that you keep on doing it. So I thought that was a lovely example from Diana Fleischman. And uh, if you found that useful, then please spread it around. Subscribe to the podcast for free. You can find these on videos at sliceoftherapy.com or you can work with me one-to-one. I'm Alan Parry at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. So thanks for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow.